Hello. Oh, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. <laughs> I'm sitting here at my computer set, prepared to <laughs> hold forth an organizational philosophy, which I am prepared to defend up to a point. This sounds like a very old-fashioned presidential candidate. I'm fully invested in this <laughs> new venture of ours. I hope it will be productive. Creativity, Dan Benjamin. Outside. Brother. What's up? Oh. <laughs> oh, what isn't up? Well, <laughs> candidly, many things are not up. I wonder if I could do this for... 90 minutes. Yeah, could you keep it? Could you keep it up the whole, uh, that's what she said. One imagines so. <laughs> I'm sure it would not be annoying. <laughs> that's insufferable. Yeah. No, I liked yeah. it. Yes. You know, uh, we're, we're coming up on 250. I realized today, um, uh, in our number of episodes, I, we're probably going to need to do some let's say sixth season style TV tricks to keep it lively. Some TV tropes, if you like. Okay. Like adding a, a, a young sort of hip. Do we have time to talk about this? Yeah. I mean, we could, we could have an evil twin with a mustache. Uh, we could have a uh, child. Bring the kids in. Yeah. Yeah. A child we didn't know about that. We have to, Oh, we could uh, get like a, get, 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 have a baby. You uh, and you I. And I could finally get married. <laughs> we could finally get married, break the tension. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm I'm open. I want this thing to keep growing. Yeah, me too. Mm. Hmm. I wonder how big it'll get. <laughs> There's no limit. <laughs> Stand back, Eve. I don't know how big this thing gets. Yeah. That joke was really funny in eighth grade. Bible joke. <laughs> don't know. He doesn't know how big it gets. Yeah, and it's picture <clears throat> picture week this week. Should we start the show? Yeah, let's do it. Picture week. What that mean? Oh, picture week at school. Yeah, for the kids. Oh, God, don't get me started on picture week. Are you, are you all ready? You, you got everything organized? You got, have you filled out the form? Did, did you get the very large form? Yeah, I sent that. Well, ours was a Scantron, so I sent that in with him today. You filled the bubbles? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's complicated. Uh, the, 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 God, the whole photo thing. What a, what a mess. We, got, we, we have two photo days a year now. Yeah, two a year, I guess, because kids what? grow up fast. Well, I think that's one of the many accommodations we make to the businesses with which we partner. Mm. We, the royal we, meaning the school. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And also, I mean, God, it's, it's so much drama. Like we got the, the form, which we archaeologically surveyed in her bag, at the bottom of the bag, letting us know that we had <laughs> two days before picture day and that we're supposed to like fill out the form before picture day. Didn't this, didn't this used to be a more mature process, like where there was more time and stuff? And yeah, like you would get a, I guess they don't want you to forget about it. And so they give it to you and then they, they make sure that you're submitting it back very, very quickly. And I find that uh, the whole process of the photos, when we were kids in school, it seemed like they took your photo and then did they send it back home and then you decided which ones you wanted to keep and then return the ones. Is it still like that? No, I don't think so. No. I mean, I think they've taken a lot of notes from the class ring and wedding photo verticals. <laughs> so they understand that the whole thing's a racket. That we already, we, we take, it used to be you needed a school photo because you want to know what your kid looked like. Right. And now we take 60 photos a day and never look at them and no one really cares what the child looks like. Yeah. 
let's be honest. And but you know, and, but yeah, you got to get it, and it's a thing, and blah, but uh, but no, it's there's this whole thing, and they want you to get CDs, and they want you to to get. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how many of these prints, you know. And I, you know, kind of just say I take a better photo with my iPhone and printing it out on an Epson. These things are ridiculous. Anyway, I get them. Um, I'm a sucker for it, though. I get them, and I have a little frame on my desk, and every time we get a new one. I've got, you know, the boy on on one side, the girl on the other side, and then I take so, them, I take out the photo and I put in the new one. I'm such a sucker. I don't know why I like it so much. Maybe it reminds me of my own youth, in, misspent youth at school, whatever, but I, I love it. And I mean, I've still got a thousand pictures of my kids every single hour of the day. I take a new picture for some reason, but... These are great. I loved how I love the weird little poses. I love the yeah. strange background. There was one for some reason last year. They had a, it was like a Wild West theme. So there was like Ooh. a there was like a barrel and a hay. They sat on a, a block of hay and then wow. and, and they had some rope coiled up attached to the barrel. But I didn't notice until after I got the prints that it's attached to the barrel with a zip tie. Zip tie. <laughs> very, you know, very authentic. Howdy, folks. Wild Gather West. around the campfire. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about how we secure one thing to another. Right. <laughs> I all heard about the zip tie. Dinner's on. I'll show I'll send you a picture uh, later. I'll send you a photo in uh, in the other robot. Um, I'm, I'm worried. The last, now, this is three, you can see three of my child's recent school photos. Um, it's in the texting. I'm looking. Looking right now. There it is. Getting in, clicking. Oh yeah, look at the face. <laughs> oh, it's she had <laughs> the same exact expression. She's making exactly the exactly. same exactly. Well, especially it's, the the two, the latest two, or the two on the right. I know it's uncanny. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and for the record, if you didn't put them next to each other, you would probably not know that. But they, hey, see, that's like that's a cute little cute little girl. The who tilt of the head is the same. Tilt of the head. She's seen that from television. She's so cute, though. She My refuses. God. Thank you. She refuses to show her teeth in, in pictures. But this year, <laughs> apparently, turns out the guy. I hope he got one of these shots because I want the I want the tradition to continue. But I, I think he, he I think he might have actually said smile and show your teeth. Very very <laughs> not a very not a very up to date uh, camera bro thing to say. Yeah. But, Good little girl, you look cute if you'd smile. <laughs> she is Your cute, folks though. are paying for a CD of these. They're getting nine hundred of this. <laughs> Let's see some teeth. <laughs> Want your grandparents to think you got rotten teeth? Oh, You're breaking man. their hearts, kid. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of those rackets. Um, you know, it's weird because even even a lot of the stuff that we had or I had, I'll say, as as a kid, it is still around. You, you still have like the scholastic newsletter thing where you can fill out and get books, but now you can also get toys. <laughs> From you know, remember Scholastic? You get the little throwaway paper thing. You'd say like, "I want this Henry Huggins book," or "I want this Peanuts collection." I don't remember that. Oh, it's like a little you get it at school. It's like it's almost it's printed like that Parade magazine kind of paper, and uh, you bring it home and you check things off. And it was always really inexpensive. It was a great way to get like cheap books. But now you can get toys. So she has a spy set coming at school. Oh wow! Showed her a spy set. <sighs> Being a spy isn't what it used to be. Anyway, uh, big week, huge week. Yeah, yeah. How you been doing? Pretty good. This is you working uh, on your secret project. How's that coming? C- coming good, going good, and good. Uh, going good. Yeah, yeah. Can't talk about it. Mm-mm. But uh, lots of uh, lots of lots of stuff. Lots of shows. You know how it is. Shows and everything else. 
big big technology going on. Lots of technology. Mm-hmm. It's a tech. Uh, it's a tech thing. Yeah, I've been upgrading many things and uh, installing many things. This is El, uh, El Capitan or something this week. That's right? coming tomorrow. tomorrow. I have not. Yeah, but I've been. I finally capitulated and got a phone, a modern phone. You did, and I, yeah, I'm dealing with that, which has actually been really fun. Just some nice new features. I'm glad I waited. You know what? You know how we've been waiting and talking about how we like the 5S? I still like the 5S. But uh, there's some amazing stuff in the new phones. I got, I got one too. Oh, you're kidding. No, oh, I, I got don't one too. A, I don't want to be a, a jerk about it. I didn't know if you were still holding off. Because I, I respect that. I respect the you know, waiting. No, I, I, I was on, definitely on the S track, which means every couple years. It seems like the S model always has the best features and is a tried and true kind of a thing so that's yeah. the model and i really can't justify getting one every year but this seemed like the right time i'm not in you know i mean we can we, we can make this you know an well, we, Apple show. About, we can talk about it a little bit but i i'm still you know i loved the form factor of the 5s it, it's great for the one-handed kind of thing which is great if you've got a kid that you're trying to wrangle and i still have one that i have to wrangle but I felt like you, like it was a time, it's the, it's time to get something more modern and there, I really like the 3d touch. I was expecting that to be more of a gimmick. Like live photo is very much a gimmick, totally a gimmick, but the 3d touch stuff is incredibly useful and in many cases, very time saving. And I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. The new camera, I'm no longer jealous of my wife's iPhone 6 camera. This camera is really, really great. And there's a number of other enhancements. And I was just watching a video this morning. I don't know if you saw this or not. but uh, And don't try this, kids. But apparently their phones are essentially waterproof. There are people who are putting them in water and have left them in there for hours. And then they take them out and use them and they're just fine. The, the question mark, I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched the videos, but I've read about it. And it it seems, whether by specific design or just merely like good design, it sounds like it is, I'm deliberately being conservative here because I'm not encouraging anybody to go do this. Right. But it, it sounds like they are at least way more distant than they've ever been. I mean, who knows what will happen with those phones in a week. Right. But because, for example, like how do you, how do you water, first of all, waterproof, that's not a word we use anymore. <laughs> Right, water it, when you say something is waterproof, it's more of a dare. But like, how do you water? <laughs> how do you waterproof the area around the headphone jack? That seems really challenging. Or I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I this is something where I would choose to be very conservative. But it is very. Um, it's it's encouraging to me that that's the case because everybody's had oopses from time to time. Oh yeah, and I mean, it, it, if you remember the story of uh, my little girl who I think was two and a half or three at the time, intentionally throwing my wife's iPhone 5S into the toilet, which is why she got the 6, that, you know, it was only in there for moments, but it was enough to make the phone immediately stop working. And then after we dried it out with the silica stuff that I got at the like hobby store, the silica gel, whatever it is, the stuff that absorbs the thing, that it worked long enough for us to do a backup of it and worked very briefly. And then we wound up having to get a new one. I mean, if, if, Whatever it is about the new phones, if they're sealed in such a way that we could, you know, accidentally drop it into a small body of water for a few moments and have it come out okay. See, the other thing that I think it's a trick, I was reading that apparently it's 
not the water that's damaging. It's the fact that it's, it's regular water and that distilled water, you can put electronics in distilled water apparently without harming them. I, again, I don't know if you should try this, but I've watched enough videos that say, here's the phone, we're doing it, and then this is weeks later, and here's the phone again, and it's still working. Distilled water didn't harm it. But what occurred to me the other day is that if, you know, if we're capable of making, like Apple can make the Apple Watch water resistant and they actually tell you that it's water resistant and you can, they say, well, when you want to clean it, clean it under the water and use soap. Like that still feels, that feels mental to me. It does. But if they can do that with the watch, certainly they should be able to do it at least in this capacity for the phone. So I'm really hopeful that that's the case. Sony did it. Sony has a phone that they encourage you to get wet. So, Hmm. yeah. Well, um, why don't we, uh, we can treat ourselves a little bit. Why don't we talk a little bit about some of this stuff? Cause I, I don't know. I'm, I, as somebody who is, I consider myself, what an odd thing you just sent me. Well, it's, you know, wow. it's the same, the same face. And the- there was a, there was a photo that went around a few years ago. Uh, one of the first kind of <laughs> 2000 memes I remember was a girl at her quinceanera in Brazil. And similar to this, what Diana sent me is a photo where it looks like it's many, many frames per second of this woman having almost exactly the same expression right. in probably dozens of photos, or at least a half a dozen photos. Um, yeah, and there's a girl in a quinceanera dress, and it had to be like 300 photos where she had exactly the same expression. It was ponderous. Um, so I, um, I think one, one good move for me has, has been in becoming more conservative in a variety of ways about technology over the past few years, which we talked about a lot on here, and a lot of it comes across, frankly, as bitching. Because, you know, even as conservative as you get, there's still so many things that don't work or don't work the way you expected or don't work as fast as you expected or seem to be working, but weren't working. You don't find out until it's too late, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, but, you know, I, I would, I don't know, I'd like to discuss that a little bit because I think there's actually some really good stuff for improving how you work in with some of these things. And, I, you know, having jumped from uh, System 8 on a 5S to System 901, on a success, right? Uh, it's it's really quite remarkable, um, and I, I guess I'd like to talk about ways I was surprised in part things things I figured I'd be interested in, but you know things I was surprised by. So how how long have you had your phone? Uh, I got it uh, last Friday, I guess when they all yeah. when they all shared okay. it to you. Cool. All right. And so, what are your uh, what did you get? I got to go through all this rain dance. Did you get a success or a plus? I, I got a six S because I'm I'm just a regular sized human being. And uh, I got it with the 64 gigs of RAM, and I got it in space gray, which is different because for a long time I'd been getting everything in uh, in the light gray with the white front. So this was a change back. I got a I got a success, and uh, I you know I, I I there's a part of me that feels the uh, the FOMO of the people who got the success plus. I I think in the long maybe someday, but like I think I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm not pretty. I'm not pretty happy. I'm extremely happy with this phone and the size of it. And you know, there's that little trick where you lightly double tap on the home button. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? Yeah. Well, do you mean to switch well, like, apps? Not, not. No, but like if you so you unlock your phone and and like don't don't click, but just go tapa tapa on the home. Oh yeah. And it gets to the top down to where you can reach stuff. With yeah, one hand. I, I've done that. And I did it by accident. And I know. <laughs> I was like, what did I just do? And I, I tried to reproduce it and I couldn't. And then I read about that. I don't know what that's called, but it's an interesting thing. It's a neat idea. People don't know about it. 
I think it's called Reachability, and I know it's been in there. I'm pretty sure it's been in there since the six came out. But I, I, I mean, there's so much you end up doing with your thumb on this phone, right. at least with the way that I hold it. Usually in my left hand, using my thumb to do stuff. I'm not one of those animals that sits there with two hands and, and uses like they're picking raisins out of a box. <laughs> I wonder if I go over here and they do that. Like, like to play a missile command or something. I, I use it like a gentleman. I, I, I hold, it, uh, hold it in my left hand. Hmm. And there's, there's so much that you do that I, I mean, I can, I, there's so many benefits to the Success Plus, not least of which is the battery life. But uh, I'm very happy with, with the size. I can get used to it. I feel like it's still. I mean, no, I guess, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm glad, I guess I'm saying I'm glad I didn't get a bigger one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that, I mean, the six pluses, I find my mom got one, and I feel like for her, a big part of it was the convenience of not having to put her readers on in order to use the phone. I think there's most, this is going to be one of those terrible generalizations that well, I'm sure we'll get email about, but most of the people that I know that have the bigger phone, and I do know a bunch of people that have it are either over the age of 50 or female or both. So here comes the email from all the, you know, 18 year old dudes uh, who have one also, but of the people, the limited small spectrum of sampling of the human species that I know, that's the case. Uh, And I think that, I think that that makes sense because the phone is bigger. And if you, if you have a purse, it's easier to take around with you by putting it in your purse and then the people who get the larger ones, I think, also are people who either want a lot of screen real estate or they use it in that Zoom mode that makes the mm-hmm. makes it bigger. And now, as a guy who, well, you know what, sometimes I may uh, look over or under my glasses to read something, I get it. It makes sense, you know? Oh, my God. I was looking at the automatic app um, on my wife's phone. My wife has an automatic in the car, and uh, <laughs> I had to do that thing. Because the letters were pretty like light gray yeah. on their little dashboard, and so uh, by the way, I mean it's a neat, it's a really, it's a pretty cool dingus, pretty good app too. But I found myself doing that thing where I had to like do the um, do the kind of like uh, do the kind of focus, turning the focus where I'm like keep further from my face, closer to my face, right. until I can get to where I can actually right. read it. So I don't know, I don't, know, I don't have anything too much about like who who you see using them. I'll just say that for me, um, it was it was it was a pretty dramatic leap and. Um, I mean, just the first thing you notice right out of the box. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel bad talking about this because, on the one hand, who cares? But also, there's so many people that have talked about this already. But just as f- as two people, two two dudes who have been holding off, I, it might be fun to talk about. Should I? Should we not feel guilty about talking about nah, this? No, let's not feel guilty. Let's make a decision. It's fast as snot. Uh, yeah. But five S has always felt pretty pretty speedy <clears throat> most of the time. Most things. Um, but you know, again, one that lots of people have talked about is how quickly it unlocks with touch ID. And it, what's weird is I don't think, I don't think it's equally fast all the time. Like, it, you know, it's weird. I, have you noticed this? Like sometimes it really is like, I really did just want to go look at the lock screen. And so I gave it the lightest conceivable tap and it already unlocks. Yeah. I mean, which is talk about a first world problem. Right. But it, it is, I, I don't know if I'd say it's as, as massively fast as most people do, a lot of my friends are like like losing their mind over how fast it is, but it is it is way faster enough that you no longer have to think of it as a separate sort of gesture. So when I open one password, you know, or you know, whatever, like Mint or whatever, it's uh, it's just it just lights right up. I love it's, that. It's too. astonishingly and, fast. Well, you know, we've we both enjoyed listening to Syracuse to talk about 
technology. And I remember very clearly one of the last episodes of Hypercritical uh, from a few years ago, he was talking about how slow the iPhone was and how things just felt so slow to him whenever he uses an iOS device in general. And it's funny because I had never really thought about things being slow. I said, what do you mean it's slow? And he says, oh, it's slow when you do this. It's slow when you, you know, and he broke it down. And it kind of ruined me for the whole experience. And I noticed, especially when I put iOS 9 on my 5S, my beloved 5S, still love it, that it really felt, for the first time, it felt really slow to me. Like, I Mm -hmm. noticed myself feeling that tiny little that tiny little spark of frustration when uh, that, why is it taking so long to just launch the app or switch between apps? And that's the first time I really remember feeling that not just on the five S, but on a phone in general, the six S is so fast and the camera on it is so fast. And that's something that how many times do you want to just get a quick little picture and you're waiting, you're waiting for something to happen. The, uh, you know, that's gone and that's huge. Yeah, totally. And but you're also talking about a certain kind of pattern that, you know, done incorrectly becomes an anti-pattern. Yeah. I always think of the days when I first got into Quicksilver and I got back then, I think I was still I might still have been on yeah, I probably was on my Yosemite uh G three, whatever the big blue box was. Um, but you know, I had a I had a tower from about nineteen ninety eight or nine, I guess, <clears throat> that I was using up till two thousand six when I got a Mac Pro. Wow. What, and a, I remember what getting, a jump. I know. But that Mac Pro, when I got it, suddenly so much changed about how I used the Mac because Quicksilver went from being an app where I hit command space and waited for probably half a second, quarter second, but long enough that I had to look and look up in the corner or wherever the bezel was and <clears throat> see, did Quicksilver, did Quicksilver get that? Did it bring, did it come up? Do you know what I mean? Uh, and when I got the Mac Pro, that became, I mean, literally as fast as I could hit the keys. I could start typing without even wondering whether it was there. Sounds like a subtle thing because it sounds like we're really talking about a quarter second, but we're not. Right. We're talking about because there's really like kind of three actions going on there or, or more. There's like, occur, it occurs to me something needs to happen. I start to do it. I wait while it gets, catches up. Then I start entering in text in that case. I hit enter and then something happens after that. So if you really take that all and account for all of those things, it feels about, it would, it felt about twice as fast at least, but mentally it felt a hundred times faster because mm-hmm. I didn't have to think about it. And that's the difference uh, for me now. Whereas, and so, so to, to take that and apply it to the iPhone, the thing that's been frustrating to me about the iPhone that I think most people can relate to is there, it feels like <clears throat> in the last couple of years, regardless of the model you've got, mostly there's a lot of stuff that didn't work the way you expected fast the first time. Okay, so... This, three things, I guess. Expecting, working the way you expected, fast, and the first time you tried. Mm-hmm. And the banner you know, feature for that was Siri. Where in the beginning, there was so much stuff that could go wrong with Siri. It was very rare for everything to grow, go great with Siri the first time you tried it, the way you expected, and fast. Yeah. It, you know, it, was, it was kind of like beyond a pick, pick two. It was like a pick one. It was a pick zero. Like, will it work at all? <laughs> will it just even go? So right. Siri became an app where you had to stop what you're doing. And it was cool. It was whizzy. But you could sit there. You'd say, Siri, hey, Siri. Oh, sorry. Uh, Ahoy, telephone. What <laughs> time is it? Hmm. Uh, it's not, it's unavailable right now. Okay. All right. Whatever. Ah, that's okay. It's just a little fun thing, you know, and, or, or you would get the words wrong, right? So it wasn't what you expected. You know, it wasn't fast. It wasn't what you expected. Um, 
And then you, of course, as I say, you'd have to do it again. And then sometimes repeatedly. And by the fourth time you're asking your phone what time it is, you feel like an ignoramus. Right. Because now you, there really was an easier and faster way to do that. You know, there was a faster way to do that in any case, but something like Ahoy Telephone, who was the 16th president of the United States or whatever, that ability to work quickly, have the results that you want and work on the first try, you know, flash forward to now and what happens with Siri. So did you see the thing Daniel Jockett wrote and that other people have been linking to? Did you see the thing he wrote about Siri? Uh, no, I haven't seen that. I'm looking for oh. it right now. Is it on his uh, Red well, Sweater blog to, or the other one? I think it's on bit splitting, but the series headphone tax. No, no, it's uh, but here's the thing right now. Uh, part of the, I guess, M5 chip ha- is now basically, um, uh, like a TiVo, it's buffering what's happening in the room, like while you're talking. Mm. So, Siri, Siri is as with the live that silly live photos feature, Siri is technically listening even before you start talking. So I, I, you'd have to cut it out if you did it right now or it would annoy a lot of people. Right. But you might want to try saying, what time is it? And as you're saying the word what or time, you hit the key and <laughs> get ready to have your mind blown because it was listening before you started hitting the button. It gets it right the first time and it's almost instantaneous. Interesting. Yeah. And so if I, so one thing, one thing that I do a lot that I've used Siri a lot for probably... I guess one of the things that first felt dependable with Siri was me saying, Ahoy Telephone, remind me to buy half and half when I leave the house in one hour. Uh, And that worked. So what that would do is that would create a geofenced reminder that when I leave the area around my house or one hour, whichever comes first, uh, I get a little pop-up. Tremendously useful. But I'll tell you now, having that be a no-look thing is crazy. To be able to yell across the room and say, Ahoy Telephone, remind me to take out the pasta in eight minutes. Done. That's it. That's all there is to it. So I don't know. I'm sorry that was really that was really long, but I think there's something very when you're talking about Apple stuff, when you get to the gosh, those three points suddenly seem very important to me. It's fast, uh, it does what you expect it, and it does it the first time. It it's a paradigmatic change to how you use something. It really, really, it's, it's kind of the difference between lightning and a lightning bug. Because now this becomes this thing where you, you just know it's going to work unless yeah. something is catastrophically wrong. There's no longer this, you know, and you might even say, like, you know, maybe it works, let's say 90% of the time. If something doesn't work the way you expect it and fast, <laughs> you know, uh, and every time, you know, if it doesn't work like 10% of the time, that's actually a lot of the time over time. I mean, right, that's that almost adds, like, that like a, a month out of the year. <laughs> right. No, right. And it, what you've identified, I think, is something that that is it comes back to having that faith or that confidence in the thing that you're doing, because if it doesn't work or if it doesn't work enough, you won't do it at all. You know, and and I feel I I tweeted about this, I guess, last week after I got the new phone, I felt like Siri seemed to be better. It just seemed to be working better. And I asked if other people were experiencing that as well, and I wondered why. I wondered, is the, are there better microphones on uh, on the new phones? Are they connect? And some people actually replied and said, "Well, Apple has each generation of new phone that comes out connect to new Siri servers on the back end. So they're actually when they upgrade Siri, they might upgrade it across the board, but they definitely have some servers that are." designed for the newer phones or something. I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but Siri itself, whether it's connected to the, you know, to getting the new phone or not, it definitely seems like it's it's better and faster. And that makes me want to try to use it more. And then you get to that situation where somebody's like, 
oh, how does this thing work? And you say, okay, well, uh, let me show you. And you tell it to make an appointment or set a reminder or do something like that. And it works. And it's funny because I'm always trying to think of, you know, with like a Google search, how you try to craft a structure, a Google search to get to be the most effective and return the best results. And when I try to do that with Siri, I will find that I wind up making mistakes or it won't get it as much as if I just say it the way that I think I should say it. In other words, if I try as a software developer to say it in computer speak so that it will work, it doesn't work. But if I say right. it just the way I want it to go uh, in, in plain language, it's much better than you think it will be. That's and that a, that's says a, something. That's a, that's a really good point because I remember, gosh, I mean, as far as Siri, just to, to put a little bit of uh, icing on that cake, I feel like there's been like in, mentally, in my mental model of Siri, there's been at least like three stages. There's the initial... Excuse me. The in the initial stage of Siri, where it felt like an amazing demo from Xerox Park, where you're like, "This is crazy. The feature is here. Hey, here's your jetpack. You can talk to your dingus, and it actually does stuff for you." Right. There's a lot about that that was pretty pretty mind blowing. I mean, the fact that it as long as but you did kind of have to learn how to talk to it in the way that it expected. That's okay. I mean, that's totally normal. That's how machines work. It's called programming. <laughs> but then there was this next level where like people were people had gotten so disappointed including me, with how, how unreliable it was that there were people where after a month or two that Siri was something that in all likelihood they would never even try again. Right. And then something happened in the last mm, year or two where if you were using Siri, you noticed that it did get a lot better. And definitely in the last year, it's gotten so much more dependable, uh, so much more functional. I use it for stuff like putting stuff into, I have a task list uh, uh, in Reminders that I sync up with OmniFocus. So I'm able to say something like, ahoy telephone, add by milk when I leave the office to my task list. It sounds a little bit contorted, but basically that puts it on my the list called task. And next time I open OmniFocus, that gets sucked in as an OmniFocus task. Drafts, there's a drafts one. You can just start talking and, and drafts will, will do that. Man, there's a, there's a drafts app for the watch now where you can just talk and it creates a draft <laughs> right off of your watch. So it's cool. totally bananas. And then, so like I say, and then I feel like the third phase is now where like last night when I, I had read about it in the afternoon and last night I tried it and it, it felt a little bit like magic. The fact that it was listening before I hit the button was pretty mind-blowing. And, and then I sat there and did something I love to do sometimes, which is sit there with Siri, hit that question mark, and look at everything that you can ask it. And it was completely bananas. You know, book book a table for two in Palo Alto, and it'll go into Open Table and find places where, where you can get a reservation. That's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. And you just um, kind of want to try and experiment with what's possible, because a lot of the things that are possible are things that you would want to ask a little conduit to all of the information on the internet. Like a, and, a little, like a little smart person. Like yeah. a little smart person, go and run out and do this task that feels fairly discreet to me. Like right. to me, I think I should be able to ask a robot to do this and have it work. And then, but it, when it actually does work, it really feels like the future. Well, a, a good example of this is like I was checking. We don't we don't get the Eagles games down here in uh, in Texas unless they're playing Dallas or unless it's like a big Sunday or Monday night football game. But I want to keep track of the score. So in the past, you know, I had this war. Well, do I use Yahoo Sports or do I use uh, do I use the terrible ESPN app or what app do I have to use to do that? Well, you don't have to use any app now. You can just you can just ask Siri, well, what's the score on the Eagles game? And that's like all you need to say. And it will tell you. How did the Philadelphia Eagles do? <laughs> what did it say? Look at that. 
Uh, it looks like they're 1-2-0. and oh. Yeah. Fourth in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. It shows you the entire team mm-hmm. with photos and their positions. That's completely bananas. Right, and if there's a game going on right now, it knows that and it will tell you the score. I mean, little things like that are so interesting and so cool. And you think, well, of course it should be able to get you that information. That's knowable information and it's also you know, information that's out there on the internet. But what went into getting all of that information and putting it there and making sure it was up to date, it's just kind of bonkers. I mean, it's, you know, the main thing that I started using Siri for initially was to set a timer when I was grilling some food. You know, the most basic thing that you would want, you would expect a computerized assistant to do for you is like set a timer for 10 minutes and you can do it, you know, and now, and so now having the ability to just sort of shout, I won't, you know, we won't say that, but yo, iPhone. Right, ahoy, te- ahoy telephone. Ahoy telephone. <laughs> and have it say, uh, you know, tell, tell me something or do this for me or remind me of this and not, the other thing was, I kind of thought you had to say, uh, yo, you know, ahoy telephone and then wait for the beep to come back before you could start asking yeah, the not, question. Yeah, not anymore. Not, not anymore. anymore. That's a that's, big thing. That's what Daniel noticed. His article, well, I'll find it for, the, for show notes, but that's what Daniel said was at first, you know, he's a developer, longtime OS X uh, developer, and at first he was disappointed that it didn't have that nice haptic, uh, you know, it used to be that when you, when you clicked it, you clicked and held on the home button, you get a, a comforting little bzz that would let you know it's okay to speak now. And he thought it was a bug. He was ready to file a radar on it, <laughs> but then did some searching around and maybe talked to some little birdies and found out that it didn't need it anymore. You didn't need the buzz anymore. Right. And, you know, that's the kind of thing where like, I, I, I guess maybe I wasn't, if they mentioned that at the, the keynotes, I, I didn't hear it. But uh, that's the kind of thing where, like, that's a game changer. Yeah. But, you know, like, I don't want to go on all day about this. And you should probably tell me about something you like sure. in a second. But, you know, there's some things where it's the kind of things that you would do in a demo where you go, hmm, yeah, I just don't know if I'd ever, that's, yeah, whatever. That's, that's kind of a business douche thing. I don't know what I, if I'd ever do that. Well, uh, last, uh, when was it? I guess it was, like, almost, was it yesterday? Anyway, recently, my kids, my kids uh, get ready to leave for school. My, uh, my, uh, my mom. <laughs> Excuse me, Freudian slip. Everybody out of the penis. Uh, my my wife is going to drop my kid off at school, and she wants to get picked up an hour early. And so I thought, you know what? What the hell? I'll piss on a spark plug. I pull out Siri and I go, change my four o'clock appointment to three o'clock. Boop, done. And that was it. So is that a big deal? Not really. Except on the one hand, how crazy is it that it's able to interpret that little string of text and know know what I want to do? But then also in your mind, cast back to like what, it, what how you would do that say a year ago. You got to get your phone. You have to unlock it or put in your code. You have to open up a calendar app, right? Once you're in the calendar app, you have to go find the thing that you want to change. You have to click on it. You have to open it up. You have to go to the field with the starting time. You have to change it. You have to click OK and turn off your phone. I mean, <laughs> it's the fact that you can just do that by talking to your phone is, is, is frankly amazing. And yeah, I guess part of it is like, I know all of this has existed for some time. It, the difference is that with this device that I have now, this actually really, I mean, in, in an Apple-like way, it, it brings back my, like, my, my warm, fuzzy feelings about Apple, that it actually really does work on the first try, and it changes uh, what we can maybe get to in a little bit, is how it really changes the way I do what I do, how I think about what I do, and, you know, the kind of mental model for how I get stuff accomplished during the day. It really does. And, you know, you, as all of us kind of imagine, well, what is the future of the interface? What is the next thing? Not, 
you know, screens with little tapping things on them. But, the, you know, it's very clear that we're making we Apple and folks like that are making huge, huge strides at just being able to talk to the computer and tell it something and have it really get what we're trying to say. I always think back to the old days of playing Zork and how blown away I was that I could, for the most part, type words and the computer could understand those words, even though they were very basic and very straightforward. I could just type something and the computer would parse that and understand it and something would happen in the game because of words that I typed. And we're, we're getting closer to that dream of just being able to say something out loud and have a, a, a stretch to call it a sentience, but some kind of thing, hear it, know we were talking to it, and take that action, take that step, and be smart about it. And we're so much closer to that than we were, I feel like, what you were describing, that it's almost it's almost frustrating to hear you repeat all of those steps because that's a lot of work, you know? And when you compare changing an appointment the way it used to be on a phone to just if you had a little notepad in your pocket or a little calendar, you know, we used to have our little day planners and just erase and rewrite, that's much easier. And now it's way easier to just use your voice and say, change that appointment. I think yeah, it, I, we're on to uh, something. I totally, I totally agree. And talking about something you like, when we come back, I'd like to talk about like how this kind of thing is moving to the next level in, in this third phase. But uh, talking about something you like, Dan. The first thing I would like to tell you about today is uh, Smile. You know, Smile. They love podcasts and everybody loves a deal. They're having a very special deal right now. 20% off new licenses purchased directly from Smile through October 15th. So here's, here's what this means. Save 20% on PDF Pen, which is their all-purpose Mac PDF editor. Like you can add signatures and text and images and make changes, correct typos, OCR, scan documents, export in Word. 20% off PDF Pen. 20% off PDF Pen Pro, which lets you do interactive forms and build table of contents. And that's like advanced PDF stuff that's awesome. And also one of Merlin's favorites, one of my favorites, 20% off Text Expander, which saves your fingers and your keyboard, expands ooh, custom ooh. keyboard shortcuts, into frequently used texts and pictures, 20% off that. So here's how you do it. Smilesoftware.com slash B2W. You just use, or, or just use B2W code at checkout. 20% off all of those. Go check it out. Uh, you can't combine it with other offers and you got to do direct purchases from them, but that's fine. Do that. It's worth it. Really good deal. Smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Coupon code B2W. Go check them out. Smile Software. Bok, bok. Great company. I'm trying to find... Oh, they're such a great company. Um, oh my God, I just... I don't know what I would do without Text Expander. Um, I'm trying to find like a canonical giant-ass list of all of the Siri commands. Uh, or, you know, not, not oh, every stuff, single... Stuff you can do. Yeah, I found one on this thing called uh, techblog.tv that has a lot of them. But I don't know, I just, I guess, I guess on the one hand, I'm saying whatever your phone is, if it's a relatively modern phone with a relatively modern, you know, iOS on it, maybe give Siri another spin because you might be surprised. It's, it's, it may not be as lightning fast as on a brand new phone, um, but it's, it can be, I would say start thinking about this more than you used to because it might be where things are going in a way you did not expect. And we can also at some point, of course, talk about the Apple TV 
which I pre-ordered <laughs> and I'm very excited to be getting hopefully next week. But here's, here's one. Have you, I, I mean, have you tried, um, for example, remind me about this yet? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> okay. So right now I think this only works mostly inside some Apple apps, but let's say, for example, I got a text from a guy uh, last night um, saying, are you, are you still interested in doing this comedy thing You know, in, in October? And I didn't feel like answering it or didn't feel like dealing with it. So I opened up that text. I'm looking at it on my phone. Um, I hold down the Siri button and I say, remind me about this tomorrow morning when I arrive at the office. Bloop. And guess what happens? Uh, it makes a what I want to call a rich text interaction. So now that reminder, you see a little message icon in the, on the reminder, and it's actually reminding me about that text. If I look at that reminder on the phone and click it, it will take me to that text. That's so you cool. Can be, you can be inside an email and say, in mail.app, in, well, you know, in the mail app, and say, remind me about this email when I leave work today at five. And when you walk outside your geofenced area, area uh, you have the ability to click and have that pop up to that exact mail, deep link. <laughs> I mean, isn't that, isn't that kind of crazy? No, it really is. So, I mean, I as soon as I saw that feature, I immediately got that that would be something useful for me because I already do a lot of stuff like that. Um, you know, and oh gosh, where do you begin? There's so much more. We haven't even gotten into the 3D touch, but stuff like, for example, um, I, well, I think maybe my favorite feature in iOS 8, the thing that I ended up using and loving the most was extensions. So, for example, like the ability to have exactly the same Instapaper button in any app was huge for me. So anything that could be Instapapered can be Instapapered just because of that extension. And you take that a step further where now you have the ability, if you're on a page for a movie, if you're on like an IMDB page, you can now add, and you're on your, your phone, you can now add that page. Uh, you, you, you basically hit the little arrow dingus and pull up the extensions, right? And I don't know what it's called. Something like add to a note, Right, and so when you click on that, it says, "Okay, what note do you want to add this to?" And it adds a card-based little interactive dingus to whatever note you selected. So if you have a running list called movies, mm-hmm. it will add that link into that note. That's crazy. That's really cool. It's that kind of integration. Just what they've done with notes and the idea that you know, back there are all these weird extensions in the old days on Max where you could like put a little sticky on this thing and it's, you know what I'm, you remember those? And absolutely. Would, yeah. And it, we're almost getting closer to that. But what Apple seems to have brought to this is that, that kind of contextual understanding of the way that, that we want to do things and of connect, making connections between apps because until very, very recently, all of the apps, they existed in isolation from one another. You know, you might have syncing data behind the scenes. So if you used two calendar apps or if you used Siri to add an event for you, it would. But then you would go into another app and maybe you would see that data because behind the scenes, it was Google Calendar and it synced. We're moving to the next stage of that. We're moving to the integration of these different apps. We're moving into the holy grail, I think, of what a digital personal assistant can do, and that is understand how these different events or these different things that you want to do are interconnected, the interconnectedness of these different apps, because that's what makes up like your life. You know, like yeah. I remember the first time that you that I years and years and years ago when I scheduled a meeting and like the concept of invitees were there. And like when you say invite, you know, Mary 
and Frank to this interview that it understood that those were people and those people had contacts and the contacts were in your contact book, you know, like, oh, address book is connected to calendar. What an amazing idea. We're kind of taking that to a whole new level now with this kind of integration of information, of data, of even just being able to do that doodle in the notepad it can be or in, in notes can be really handy. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, let's say the obvious thing, I guess this is something a lot of technology people have thought about and talked about for a while, but I, I, I'm getting this. I mean, for a long time, we always looked at the desktop experience as having primacy and the mobile device, let's for now call it the mobile device, the mobile device experience being something where we try to approximate what we're doing on the desktop within the massive number of constraints about what you can do on a mobile device. Mm. How are you constrained? You're constrained by screen size. You're constrained by entry methods. You don't have a mouse. You have a virtual keyboard in this case. You're constrained by things like not having a, a typical file system. But you know, I think we, we could all mostly agree for, for a pretty long time about how it was it was kind of a hobbled experience meant to roughly emulate what you'd prefer to be doing on the desktop. <laughs> right. And I guess I feel like starting with that iPad Air 2 and now with this this iPhone, I feel like that is very much we're in a very different state of affairs now. I do not feel like this is a hobbled experience at all. And and to, to that point, we never would have gotten to where this would be such an improved and fast experience if we kept trying to emulate what we really wish we could be doing on our Dell. No. What we're saying is, let's like let's start with the unique qualities of this device, including its small size. Well, right. you know what? That actually could be a benefit. Let's start with the fact that, you know, yeah, you may not have something like an app switcher in the typical sense, where you can do multiple things with the apps when you know when you're switching apps, and you don't have all these things. You don't have Quicksilver type things. Well, increasingly, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want that, but the elements of Quicksilver you would want, you can get now. Like it has the ability to. Go, I guess there's an API that exposes data for apps in such a way that you can now do spotlight searches on your phone. That go incredibly deep into your into your stuff. Yeah, you don't have so. What's the the draw? The drawback is you used to have a home screen and then two hundred apps, and you had to go find where something was. You don't have that drawback anymore. We want that functionality to be there without needing to go and get into each one of those apps to do it. So what do we do? We got Spotlight that helps us find stuff. We've got these crazy. I'd love to talk some about the gestures, the three D touch stuff, and the gestures. But uh, just all these different ways now, where it's less thinking about what is this app that I have to get to go do this, and more of like what are the like what are the fourteen things that I do all day long on the phone, and how do I do that faster, mostly from the same one or two screens? Yeah. That feels like a giant leap forward. And so, you know, I, I'm a little goggle-eyed about this because a lot of this is new to me. I didn't have a 6 before. I didn't have a phone this fast or this functional. So anyway, do, do you know what I mean, though? Like, there was a time when we were all, even Mac people were still under this, the implicit umbrella of Windows, like, desktop thinking, which is that, you know, a, the primal, primal experience, the basic experience of using a computer is sitting at a desk on a desktop, desktop computer. Everything else is going to be a pale shadow of that, <laughs> right. whether it's a laptop or whether that's a, end, up, end up being a mobile device. This is the, we're in, this is the first year of me, me really feeling like, okay, now we're getting it. No, totally, because we're, I feel like we are moving out, and it's a slow, you know, there was this book, uh, I think Arthur C. Clarke, Childhood's End, where aliens come to Earth and they first do it by moving their giant spaceships into orbit around the planet, low orbit, and people see them. And at first, they're absolutely horrified because this changes their worldview and everything else. But the aliens make it so that there's no more war. There's no more of the problems that we have here on Earth anymore. They fix all of those right away. 
but they don't reveal themselves. They never let anyone see them. We can communicate them, but we can't see them until a full generation of human beings have been born under the shadow of these uh, these large ships that are, I mean, they're city-sized ships, you know, so that the whole world is now the the generation born. These things have always been there. And it's only afterwards mm, oh, that, okay, I get it. that I we're, get it. we're revealed. They do that because they want us to not be shocked by how different they look. I won't spoil the surprise because it's a, still a wonderful book. I recommend it. But there's a reason why. I almost feel like this. we're taking these gradual, with uh, Apple as our overlord, we're taking these gradual, and that's what they're called in the book, overlords, we're taking these gradual steps into being familiar with and accepting a, at the same time, we're racing to build the technology to make this happen. But we are moving to a completely different paradigm of thinking as far as how we relate to our computers and that desktop Dell, it used to be like, well, I'll, I'll go back to my computer to do that. Right. And we were carrying along the baggage of that kind of thinking. And if I'm hearing you right, you're saying like, we're shedding that baggage as we're moving to that, whatever this new thing is. And that, I remember even just like for a while, I, I couldn't rely. And for me, it was reliance. I can't use Siri be, or I don't even want to try because it'll get it wrong. And now well, it doesn't seem to get it wrong. Or I don't want to do a search. I can't just pull down and do a search because that won't find the stuff that I need or the suggestions mm-hmm. will be poor. Or I can't use the mail app, the built-in mail app. I have to use Gmail because the search doesn't usually find the stuff that I need. Or maybe all my email is – those things are one by one just falling off a list of stuff I can't do. Yeah, absolutely. In, in each case, all of those things started as, you know, well, in the case of Spotlight, what they call Spotlight on iOS, it's, you know, it's search. It's it's fine. Go find a thing. And in that case, what it was finding was the names and descriptions of applications, mostly. And then I guess in time, you could find things like in your mail app and, and stuff like that. But once again, let's return to that principle of, you know, is it is it fast? Is it what I expected? What is a three? Is it fast? Is it what I expected? Does it work the first time? I mean, how many times have you ever had this where in seven and eight, iOS seven and eight, you double click to go get to the search thing and you start typing, eventually it comes up. <laughs> you start typing into that field and nothing shows up. Have you ever gotten nothing in there? Yeah, of course. I feel like mm, three or four, I use, that's my main way to get to stuff in the past. Three to four times a day, I feel like nothing comes up. So I click the home button. I double click to get back. I start again. And eventually it catches up. I guess it's, there's some kind of in, maybe indexing going on. It's probably, I'm guessing it's probably a RAM issue. Yeah. There's other stuff taking that RAM. It doesn't, right. have, it doesn't have the on-demand allocations to be able to go in and find that immediately. And so what happens? In, in, a, in an imperceptible way that you could probably not specifically put your finger on except with your reaction of, eh, <laughs> you stop using that as much because people stopped using Siri as much because it seemed like a silly toy that didn't work. You may stop going and doing those little searches as much. And pretty soon, what does that mean? That means you're not using your phone as much. You're not, you know what I mean? You've lost that confidence right. in, in those principles. And and I, to, but then to your other point, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I'm not trying to sound like a futurist or something, but I think... I, I, I guess when I, when I look at something like the 3D touch gestures combined with the new speed of Siri... Um, those are two things you kind of you can't do right now <laughs> on the desktop. That's only on, on there. I mean, for a long time, there's been stuff. I think back to even like two or three years ago. Um, I guess whenever OmniFocus got that update on iPad, I would always prefer to do GTD reviews on the iPad. It was a better experience. It was easier to do, and that felt weird to me. 
that felt really strange to me that, you know, why would I want to do that? I'm using this dumb keyboard on a screen, but now I, there's so many things that I would rather do. I mean, for me, things like even just, like I say, adding stuff with extensions, adding things to Instapaper, that's all actually easier on the phone and the iPad now. So that is, that is a huge paradigmatic difference, but it, it took this leap in the uh, power and speed of the technology to take these from interesting ideas to something that works the first time fast and, you know, dependably. Right. So the idea is that not just that you prefer to use an iPhone to any other phone, but you prefer to use an iOS device to any other device or computer even to do different things. As somebody like you and me who kind of grew up with those desktop machines and that desktop thing, you know, our kids, I don't know about yours, but like mine, they both have iPads now. And that that's the device that they want to use. And like a computer is a thing that you would go and do a specific task with. Like we have an oven in our kitchen. You don't think, well, how, how can I use the oven today? What can I do oh, with my oven? That's, you a, know? that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. It's like your yeah. oven does one specific thing. What heats up the pizza, makes the roast, whatever, you know, like that's, that's what we use the oven for. It's a thing you go to. That's how my kids, especially my, my older one thinks of a second grade thinks of a computer like, Oh, to, to play multiplayer Minecraft, I use the computer for that. Or if we want to, you know, do that whatever it is like oh diablo 3 we use the computer for that like that's the thing that you use the computer for but computing for them that's that's an ios device and it will always be that way look at the ipad pro that we're about to come out with and what you can do with this thing i mean that why would i ever get my kid a regular computer unless he's doing something that absolutely 100 percent requires certain software or a certain kind of activity. If he's eventually or she is getting into software development and needs to run a local database and deploy to Heroku, like, okay, yeah, we need a computer for that. But by the time that either of them are that age where they're probably going to be really doing that, who knows what will have changed behind the scenes and what tools will be there. I can't really think that that at some point I'll be buying them a Mac or a PC. I think it's going to be their whole life is going to be iOS and and mobile devices and mobile operating systems. Right, which we must importantly say, we still call them mobile devices, even though the evidence is showing that more and more people are using them not out and about. They're using it at the office or home. So right. eventually we'll stop calling them mobile devices. But one, I want to hear about something you like, but one more quickie there. I think it's something you talked about that I'm now seeing. I think you talked about this with Cash. Um, so my when my daughter sees me interacting with my wife especially, or you, or whomever, in texts, that's the primary way that she sees me interact with other people in a way that she can observe, right? right? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter, or I'm doing stuff during the day, but when she knows that when I'm doing that, and you know, I, I just actually put something funny in notes where she started texting me from my wife's phone, or from the iPad. When she's playing on the iPad, she'll start texting me these inscrutable, it's like, it's like talking to you. She sends me these completely inscrutable, <laughs> autocorrect texts. <laughs> I don't think you are the only one who is the best thing ever. I just got home and watched the movie, but it was the best thing about being able to see my friends. Okay, I am your in hijackers. Um, but so, so what's the significance of that? Well, uh, I'm glad she's she's enjoying that. Uh, but to her, so there was a time I think, and uh, we sound like the worst like armchair futurists. There was a time I think when people thought of text as a silly uh, teenage version of an email. Like you would send an email, that was the primary way you would communicate with people. It was a, to, to paraphrase uh, 
Freud, you know, I think people would think of it as a neutered email. It didn't have the power or gravitas of an email to send a text or an AIM message or something like that. Whereas, I think you said this for Cash in the past. I know my kid feels this way. I think for her, like, the difference between a text and an email, like an email for her would be like driving a truck out to check the mail. It's like, why, why, why would you do all of that? Like, hello, I am greeting you formally through this. It's like, no, you just send somebody a text. Right. It seems like the most natural, natural and normal way to communicate directly with somebody and have a conversation versus like going down to the laundromat and pinning a note to the board and hoping they get it later. That, I think that seems very odd to her. Like, why are you doing that? But, but I mean, very different. It's an invert. What I'm saying is it's an inversion right. of, what we, of what we used to think, which was, of course, you'd send an email. I'm an adult. And now today, that's just the way people talk to each other. Okay, I am your in hijackers. I like that. So what was the what was it supposed to be? I have no idea. Well, Does she, she remember? Did you ask her about it? It starts out, I was actually, I was on Friday. I was at the office waiting. Don't even get me started on trying to update this phone, upgrade this phone. It was a, a nightmare. But I was saying, you know, I was going to come home soon. And then... Wait, you mean, you mean going from 5S to the 6S? Oh, yeah. Mine oh, yeah. too. And then I got... The, Oh my God, we should talk about that Nightmare. too. I got this text. I got this text that says, the only thing is I have no idea what I'm saying, comma. And I thought, oh man, either, either my wife is having a breakdown or that that's exactly the kind of thing that my daughter says. I'm crazy and I don't know what I'm saying. She says that like that all the time. Anyway, you can see the image of the uh, of the text conversation. Um, da- how many more sponsors do we have? Two. How about you uh, tell me about something you like? I would like to tell you about Pond5. If you're producing content online, there is no better creative resource than Pond5. They've got your video clips. They've got your motion graphics templates. They've got your music, sound effects, all of the media that you need to create something amazing without exhausting your budget or your time. What's really cool about Pond5 is their content comes from independent people all around the world making really, really cool stuff. And they take that cool stuff and they put it on Pond5 and then they make like 50% of the money. It's one of the highest payouts in the industry. So when you buy something from Pond5, you're supporting these really, really awesome independent content creators out there. It's really great stuff. It's fast. It's affordable. And they're giving you, if you use our promo code, 25% off your next purchase. So you go to Pond5 and it's the number five. So P-O-N-D number five dot com and are back to work at checkout, and you will save 25%. It's awesome. Go check out what they've got there. Really, really cool stuff, and go uh, support some independent content creators. Pond5.com, back to work is the code, save 25%. Thanks very much to them for making the show possible. Bok. Um. So, do you want to talk, can we talk a little bit about uh, 3D Touch I and gestures? I would love to talk about all, all of that. And again, the gestures thing, for a long time, people were against the gestures because, well, it's not intuitive. It's not intuitive. You wouldn't know what to do. How can you be expected to use something if you don't know what the gestures are, if you don't know what to do? Oh, how am I supposed to know you push down on the thing? And then then they would say, well, then just don't push down on the thing because if you don't know about it, don't push it. You can still do all the same stuff. But I think we're past that. The overlords have taught us, like, mm-hmm. try different gestures, Right. Well, well before the, we get to the 3D touch thing, because one of the gestures is a hard press on the left edge of the screen. Are you uh, using a case? Oh, that's, I'm, I, well, yeah, I, I know that for people with cases, Mike Hurley was talking about this, that it's really hard if you're using a case. Are you using a case? No, I'm not an animal. Okay. I use the naked robotic core. All right. Now, do you, have you got a case? Yeah, I have the Apple leather Apple case. You love your leather. Sure. Um, sure. 
<laughs> but um, uh, uh, yeah, and so well, how's your experience with that? With the case or with the pr- with, press? Is the case? In, I'm sorry. Is the case interfering with your ability to do that amazing gesture? That one particular gesture is darn near difficult, if not almost impossible, with the case on that one particular gesture. I will. That sucks. Al- I will also say that I don't feel that that gesture is the most natural of gestures pressing hard on the left edge while swiping to the right. But it, it, you can still do it. And once you kind of get the hang of it, like you can still do it, but it's, it's not. It's, you don't intuitive. have to press that hard. Mm-hmm. And like, I think part of it is, I think a lot of people were pressing harder than they needed to because they didn't know how hard to press. Yeah. And over time, like anything, like you, you, you know, it's almost like, you know, the, when they try to teach a robot how to open a door and it like tears the doorknob off. Yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't know you don't have to do it that hard. I think people will discover, well, first of all, you can set the sensitivity settings to be lower than they are. You can go into your settings and I have change to do that. that. That's step one. Yeah. Oh, oh did you make it more, uh, more touchy? Yeah, way more. Um, and I love that, that. That's better. That's, that's, one that, that's one that really grabbed me. Well, first of all, I mean, like, it, there was, there's been a funny uh, period in the, in the iOS 8 period where... Um, you, you obviously you were seeing more stuff like if you grab a, you know, if you put your thumb on the bezel at the top and pull down, you get things like the notifications. And then if you put your, if your hand, if you're in the, uh, finder, if you're, you know, on the home screen, for example, and you pull down, like you touch somewhere on the screen and pull down, well, that's when you get like, you get the search stuff that changed in eight. Right. So now we're seeing more. And now there's like three different things you can do. Well, so you pull down from the top to get the today and notifications. You pull up from the bottom to get control center. And now added to that today, if you're on the home screen left or just going from left to right, is that how you would describe it? Yeah. You get to this new kind of tricked out Siri search home screen. Right. That's a pretty solid B minus right now and I think will get even better. Something I've been wanting forever seems so obvious to me. And at the very least, show me recent applications which is doing now. What I would really love though is show me applications I use a lot. You know what I mean? Almost like pinning in like the an old app the, the old Apple menu used to show you the recent items, recent applications. I think it still shows recent right. items. Yeah, I mean like it says Siri suggestion. So right now, uh when I when I sw- you know, swipe right, uh Siri suggestions, it has a photo of my wife. It has a photo of a developer I'm working with. It has a photo of the uh uh, personal trainer. Underneath that, it's got music maps, tweet bot, and then it's this nearby lunch, mm-hmm. coffee, shopping, and gas. Yeah, so the nearby changes throughout the day to uh, some of it's just brain dead easy. It's like, well, if it's lunchtime, it shows you, you know, where you can go find lunch things, right? Et cetera. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty smart, pretty good. The maps has gotten a huge update. You know, what you can now discover inside of the maps app is pretty bananas. It, and, and 3D touch inside the maps app is the best thing ever. I don't know if I've done that. Oh man. When you, so like if you were just to search for like a, like search for like a local restaurant in in your maps app and when the result comes up. Oh my God. (laughs) That's magic. Isn't that awesome? Share location, open homepage, call and directions. Call. Oh my God. That's crazy. It's great. So some of that stuff that it's pulling in, I think, I think some of it, like I say, it's not, I don't make it sound dumb, but I mean, I think some of it is simple at least Yeah, where it's saying like, well, you know, it's morning, so you might want coffee, et cetera. <laughs> I will note that it has had some pretty smart, like for example, it's got Mark Bramhill here, maybe because I've recently texted with him, but what it'll do sometimes is it'll say, 
for example, like I've noticed, like if I have a reminder that's due right now, it might show up in here. Um, there are other kinds of things that can, I think will show up in here. I got a feeling we're going to see a lot of growth in how this thing works. Well, and Um, does, is that part of the operating system figuring that out? And that's the one thing that, that seems to be really different about Apple's approach to much of this compared with Google's approach, because for a long time you had Google now showing you things like, here's how far it is from you to, to your house. Or if you're at home, here's how long it'll take you to get to work. Or you have an appointment coming up, that's 17 minutes in current traffic conditions. Little things like that. All of this is being figured out by Google, apparently by Google, not by your phone, not by your local. And Apple's approach has been to anonymize pretty much, I don't want to say everything, but pretty close to everything and figure out as much as possible on the phone itself. And what it does send up to Apple is almost ex- almost entirely anonymized and changed and rotated out every month. So even that little anonymous ID that is sending up to Apple, that's automatically changing every period right, right, of time. Right. So Apple's going to extremes to try to anonymize as much as possible and have your well, phone. Sometimes to a, to a fault. I mean, yeah. it makes they talked about this on Upgrade yesterday. It's part of why the... Uh, uh, the process of upgrading a phone, even if you, I must say for myself, even if you've done everything flawlessly on your end, is so freaking difficult and time-consuming and involves so many pop-ups and interstitials and scary warnings and re-entering passwords and over and over and over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. But I mean, if we're getting more you know, security and privacy out of that, I guess that's good. Here, here let me suggest a, an interesting search. Uh, go on to your iOS device. Okay. And uh, what do you, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you say that? You slide right, is that what you call it? Swipe right. It feels, it feels like you're moving left, but I know what you mean. Go go to that. Go you're, to that you're thing. That's, moving your thumb from go, the go left, left to the right. Of, side. Go left of the finder. Yeah. And then I do this. Enter in the word Christmas, for example. Okay. So my top hit is Rowan Christmas, <laughs> who's an employee at uh, Omni Group. Hi, Rowan. Uh, it's got three suggestions for Christmas music. I scroll down a little bit. There's an Apple Music suggestion for Christmas by Michael Bublé. There's a Wikipedia link to a Wikipedia entry entry for Christmas. Right. Then a handful of suggested sites. Now it gets interesting. I see Christmas Eve from previous years. So it's finding calendar events. Right. Old calendar events. It's finding an OmniFocus project called Christmas, where I was it was about buying presents and stuff. Here is it shows me an email from a listener wishing you Merry Christmas last year. Right. I see three Doctor Who videos that are Christmas specials that are available because I bought them on iTunes. I see the notes file where I was collecting Christmas ideas for my wife. And then further down, there's just and then some searches on Bing and then the option to go to the search the web, the app store or maps. That's I think so find a generic example like that and you'll see how much stuff is in here that it will bubble up for you. Try groceries. Can you customize this? Like because like I have I don't think not right now, I don't think. I have Bing search results in there at the very, very bottom. I don't I don't want those. I'd love to pull those out. But yeah, it's really, really interesting. The ki- and I think their goal for this is that merging of here's stuff you've done and information you've collected or things you've created. We'll find that, but then we'll also take a step out because there's a good chance that if you did type in Christmas, you might want to listen to some Christmas music, you know? So here's something about that. This also connects a little bit with the Apple music thing. Are you using Apple music? Mm-hmm. Do you like it? Um, uh, I, the way I've come to like it is using it for like about exactly two things as an app. I think it's a, poop show right. but uh as a service it's amazing i agree with you i've been using spotify 
for a long time and I thought, you know what, I would like to give Apple Music a fair try. And I knew the only way I do it is if I removed Spotify. Mm-hmm. I still like Spotify, but I wanted to only use Apple Music. I like both of these for different reasons. I like the Spotify app, but I like everything about Apple Music. I like the way that it finds stuff that is is mine and stuff that is not mine. The search is much better. How frustrating is it to type in they might be giants and misspell, you know, and type something in, instead of, uh, you know, instead of typing, I don't know, you know, instead of typing a G, you type it, they might be. Well, you might have typed like T-E-Y, yeah. left out the H. And getting no results back, nothing. There's nothing. We have no idea what you're talking about. Nothing like that at all. And the, oh, oh, you you missed a G and an H. Well, then. Get ready now to retype a really long thing. <laughs> it's just the worst. Apple Music is much better, in my experience, at, at, at that type of thing. Uh, but again, all of this kind of intelligence behind the scenes, because you know what? People will mistype and they will misspell. Don't show them nothing. You know what I mean? Don't show oh, I them know, nothing. I know. It's a well, it sin. Becomes like, it becomes like whacking at a pinata, where like you either you either busted open the pinata or you're not even nearby, but we're not going to tell you where the pinata is. That's the point of the blindfold. Right. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. Right. Yeah, Such no, I, I like it okay. I'm, I'm especially looking forward, to, again, to seeing how that will work on... The TV, it's very strange to me that it has not appeared on Apple TV before now. I mean, given how seriously they've taken it and what a splash they made about it, it's kind of weird that it never showed up on the Apple TV until presumably next week. No, but I, I think that's good. Um, then there there are some perplexing things. Um, I mean, I guess one thing I, I feel like that I, I, I'm, since I forget about it sometimes, I'm assuming other people forget about it. it you know, if you ever want to do a fast Google search on your phone, a pretty fast search, you can just go to the search box search for whatever you're looking for, and then say, search the web. That's like a pretty fast way. You know what I would love that they don't do right now? If you've uh, 3D Touch on Safari, I find the options really perplexing. (laughs) You've got show reading list, show bookmarks, new private tab, and new tab. That's really odd. Yeah. I I would expect to see search be the first thing in there. It would be nice, wouldn't it? That's what I think that's how people think about using a web browser on their phone at this point is mostly with searching. I mean, are people using bookmarks that much? That feels like something from like another time. I really don't. Use I use bookmarks. I use my favorites bar a lot, but that's all for functional stuff. That's now mostly shunted off into extensions. I sometimes use it. I use bookmarks or history to just refresh my memory. But I I Google everything to get places. I just very when, when we talk about three D touch, of course, the first thing that I did as soon as I got this phone and had the apps on it was just tried pressing all of them and seeing what would happen. And yeah. that little, I almost, it almost feels like an old fashioned door creaking when there is no 3D touch action. Just, like, just yeah. like three little super fast. Yeah. Checks. And it, it's funny, the choice. It's kind of feels like an old man standing up. <laughs> yeah. Like a creak. And it's, it's so unfortunate. You know, you talk about the searching. I have exactly the opposite problem with Apple Maps that, that I do with their music search. And that is, Apple Maps cannot find anything. If it finds it, the directions are just as good as the directions from Google Maps, in my experience. But it cannot find anything. I was here, I was in the domain, I was parking in the domain, and I thought, let me test it. In the domain is a shopping center here in Austin. It's the least Austin-like area of Austin. It's very Dallas. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching the domain. I'm just going to type in, Apple store because we are big Apple store in the North end of Austin is right here in the domain. I was about a mile away from it. 
I typed in Apple Store. It gave, it found the other two Apple stores that we have, neither of which, you know, one was one was in, I think, Dallas, and the other one is in this completely south end of Austin, did not even find the local one in the domain. It's Apple not finding the Apple store, right? Found it on <laughs> Google and found it in Waze instantaneously. It's that kind of thing that's so frustrating that why why can't it find it? Because I wanted to call the Apple store to see if they had the, the case that I was looking for. I wanted to use the really nifty little thing. I'm sitting there in the parking lot uh, and I, I thought, okay, I want to just, I want to do the press and I want to have it pop up the phone number and hit call. Couldn't do it, you know, and hmm. that, that, and of course, Google Maps doesn't support is any now? of the new Are you saying like now this is happening? It's happening, you know, Saturday. That's so weird. It's so weird, right? Because I don't want to have to use Google Apps, uh, Google Maps at all. I don't ever want to have to use it. I want to use the Apple one for everything. But it's still time and time again that doesn't find stuff. It's, it's vastly better at many things. And and then, but like these other apps don't support stuff, you know, like, uh, tw- you know, like TweetBot. Wouldn't it be great if you could just press and then go right to new post. You know, little things, those little quick shortcuts become so valuable. And I jokingly tweeted deleting all non-3D touch apps because once you get hooked on the idea that you can press on this thing, press on camera, and it's immediately take photo, record slow-mo, record video, and take selfie. You know, you're sitting there with your kids sitting there on your lap. You guys are doing some goofy faces. You want to send it to grandma. How easy, just press, take selfie, boom. You don't have to launch the app hit the little thing in the upper right corner, you know, change the perspective of the camera. No, you go right into the selfie camera and you can send it. Little things like that 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 show that intuition of an app of how you're going to be using it. That's the value of 3D Touch. Yeah, I, that's really well put. I, I bet developers are in a fairly similar situation, maybe not quite as bad, but things were pretty bad with the watch in the sense that you were expected, you take this thing that Apple is, is very... Uh, <laughs> grandly calling their most most personal device to date. Like, right. oh, this is so intimate. It's so personal. Yeah, well, how come the developers didn't have one to work on while they're making their apps? Yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, once you've used an Apple Watch, like, how crazy it is to imagine having to develop an app for that without actually using it? It's so tiny. It's so subtle. There's so many things to it. So I think there's just probably been a similar thing with 3D Touch, where there's been this hustle to get this ready in time for stuff to come out. Um, you know, you look at somebody like Marco just... I think he basically threw out Overcast and started over with the watch, saying like, this is obviously, you know, <laughs> people are not going to be using apps as much as we thought. They're not going to be using it in the way that we thought. And I, I, you have to guess the same was happening with 3D Touch. Yeah. Um, so if I mean, like, to, to something you said earlier, like, when we all first heard about 3D Touch, I think a lot of us immediately leapt to the idea of like, oh, this is the new control click, or this is the new right click. Like, please don't hide important functionality under this thing. And now you realize, oh, you don't have to have it. But if you do have it, it gives you a lot of options. Mm -hmm. No, it it really, it's great. And like, even just so, so for the developers out there who are wondering, you know, like, well, what should I put there? If, if your app creates something, have a quick shortcut to make the, the, that thing. So if you're Instagram, you know, do what, do what Instagram does, you know, press on it and it says new post. Okay. Like that's, that's what I want. The camera Take a selfie, take a regular shot, do slow-mo. Give me the main things that I would normally have had to take two steps, make it just one step. Right. That's all we want from 3D Touch. And I think that's a winning recipe for, for adding 3D Touch to your app. If I could go to TweetBot and, uh, and, and press on that and have it do new tweet where I don't, I don't have to go into the app 
and slide the thing down and go to the right hand, you know, top right hand corner to make a new post, then then I'm going to like it even more. That's one extra reason I'll want to use, you know, TweetBot over anything else. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But it's you're absolutely right. And it's but it's funny because like it's you got to really feel for the developers. There's been a real squeeze in the last year to get stuff done really quickly oh, that are going to involve... Last year for developers has been killer hard. So crazy. But you know, there's this uh, implicit conversation that happens between users and developers and developers and users where you're actually kind of, you know, they can see a lot of how we interact with the app. They get reports on like, and at least I think in the aggregate about how things operate. So, I mean, they can probably tell like, oh my God, here's this feature I spent all this time on that I thought was going to be giant and nobody's using it. Right. Or like 1%. There's all kinds of stuff I've seen Marco talk about. Like 1% of the people out there are using this particular thing. It's just they're very the people who want it are very vocal. Um, and so like over time I think that, that again that evolves. And then obviously the third piece of that is Apple. As they as they throw out new fish food and put new stuff out there, that becomes part of the conversation. But like, you know, I bet you within even a month from now, you might see some pretty interesting new things happening with Touch ID now that even a developer has used it for a month and can go, oh I see how you can use mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Did you want to tell me about one last thing that you like? One last thing is fresh books. Fresh books. So this is the way FreshBooks works. It's a website. You go there, you sign up, and you start sending out invoices. The invoices go to the people who owe you money. And as soon as they click that link in their email, you know about it. This is the genius part of FreshBooks because if you've ever done freelancing yourself, if you've ever run a small, medium-sized business, and you're wondering, the, the, the big question you're wondering is, when am I getting paid? I need some money because I have bills to pay and I'm dealing with companies that are probably a lot bigger than me that have these slow cycles and you just want to know, did they get the invoice? Is it okay? When am I going to get paid? FreshBooks makes all of this easy. They format and send your invoices. They even let you collect your receipts and track your expenses. And the best part, following up with clients who maybe don't always pay on time. That's the, that's the key. That's the thing that makes FreshBooks just great. You can Get started so fast and easy. You don't have to get in there and like customize stuff. But if you want to, you can. That's the other nice thing. You can put your logo on invoices. You can make them look professional. They can send PDF versions of them. You can have an invoice that gets sent out to multiple contacts at the company. So maybe there's the person who's in charge of the project, but they also say, well, send it to me, but also send it to our accounting department. You can do stuff like that. It's all just built in and it's great. And it shows you when the accounting department received it and when they read it. All of this stuff built in, it takes the headache out of it. It takes the panic out of it. And, uh, you know, they've got free help forever. You can always count on their award-winning support rock stars to go above and beyond whenever you need a hand. So go and check them out. Free for 30 days if you use our link. The link is freshbooks.com slash back to work. Freshbooks.com slash back to work. And if you, when you sign up, if you will enter in back to work in the how did you hear about us, that will help support this show uh, so go check out freshbooks.com slash back to work. Thanks very much for them supporting the show. Thank you, FreshBooks. Um, There's so many great things. This is a really, really, and I was talking to Jim Dalrymple last week about this, and uh, he was laughing at me because over the last couple of years, I feel like I'd kind of become a little bit, I don't want to use the word disenchanted. It's a little strong of a word, but less enthusiastic about about Apple and where things were going. And I felt like more and more... <laughs> You've had ample reasons, Dan. Well, I We've just... all had many, many reasons. I felt like they, they weren't really making products or services for me. And I didn't take it personally, like, Apple's turned their back on me. It wasn't like that. It's just, 
I wasn't as enthusiastic about it. And I've come full circle with uh, about that. I feel like more and more pretty much everything Apple is doing right now is something that I'm not only interested in, but actually a bit excited about. I love, I really, this is the first iPhone that I've gotten that in a while, maybe since like the three GS where I was like really excited to have it, you know, uh, oh, the 3GS, man, that, that still feels... that The 3GS is like the SE30 of phones. Oh, yeah. It was, it was like, wow, I can't believe what this thing can do. Yeah, and I feel like this. I feel like there's so much there that I'm not even... I'm still... I'm trying to learn everything that the phone can do. And it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day. I, you know, if it came to like picking only one device to have, if I didn't have to write code, you know, like... It's a no-brainer. I, the iPhone does so much, and it gets it right. Apple is getting – they're getting it right. The phone is getting it right. And whether it's, it's yeah, talking I, to Siri or other stuff, like, it's getting it right. I, told, I totally agree with you. And, I mean, well, I totally agree in that sense of that it's, that it's getting it right. I mean, it's, um, it's weird. It's weird to me that there are people in the world – who hate Apple a lot and then stick with that for years. That seems like it would be a very frustrating proposition because you'd have to just spend your whole life waiting for negative things to happen. Right. If you're somebody like 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 me or I think like you, um our problem is like we we as I've said so many times go back and listen to the 700 episodes of this show or however many there are and you'll hear me time and again say like it's this is not a fun position to be in. It's not in a fun position to be frustrated with what Apple's doing and to feel like they don't always have our best interests in mind or they're not executing in a way that we know they're capable of. It's not fun. But when they do, it feels great because you're like, yes, this, this is what you're good at. Like this morning I was reading um, Jason Snell's El Capitan review for Macworld. And I'll tell you, man, um, I'm, I'm ready for a nice, boring upgrade of lots of things. The fact that, that <laughs> iOS 9 and the new phones have all that whizzy stuff is great, but the main thing is that it's solid and it works and it's dependable. I wish it had longer battery life, but okay, we can't have everything in one day. But uh, and I'll tell you what, an update to the operating system that's about like stability, man, I'm always okay with that. And like that's why I guess you and I are fortunate in some ways to be on the S. Uh, talk. Yeah. Like we're on the talk and not the tick. Like we get, we get the more sturdy, updated, it may not be as fashionable uh, as, as getting the first model that's in a new form factor, but I'm really happier than ever to be in this camp. I, I've had a, the 5S is still working great. I still charge it every day. My daughter still plays the Lorax game on it in the whatever five days that I've had this other phone. And I'll keep it around and keep using it. That can be like a fun around the house phone because it, you know, it still works fine for most stuff. Yeah. As long as you got Wi-Fi. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, like it's, we look to Apple for these innovations, but to make an innovation and then make it solid is like the real Apple. Like when stuff is working extremely, when it does whizzy stuff, but it does it well and does it fast and does it in the way you expect, that's the best Apple. We probably should not, poop in the punch bowl by talking too much about the upgrade process, but I, I would personally like to poop in the punch bowl a little bit and just mention a couple of my own personal pitches about that. All right. So how'd you go into it? Well, what was your going, were you prepped and ready? Did you have, do you, first of all, do you use iCloud backup? Absolutely. And do you, did you do a full uh, encrypted local backup? Yes. Okay, so uh, this is one of those times where it is worth annoying everybody out there who already knows this to say this thing that everybody keeps telling you over and over. This is one of those things that you will never be told enough. Um, when you do, yes, it is a good idea to do the iCloud backups. It's pretty convenient. It's pretty easy. With iCloud backups, as long as your phone is plugged in and can get to wireless at night, it will back up your phone at night. Um, don't count on that as your primary backup. Right. 
let me tell you as your friend, as your old pal Merlin, don't count on that as your primary backup because there are times where for various reasons it won't be complete, it will not be up to date, and almost no matter what, it will be slower than other ways to back up. So I would say get in the habit of at least once a week, if you know, maybe once a month, but I would say at least once a week maybe. Go and plug your phone into iTunes like an animal. And you'll see, I'm looking right now in iTunes, there's a section on the summary page that says backups. <clears throat> right now the uh, radio button for iCloud is selected and the one for this computer is not. Well, nonetheless, you can click a button under there, under this computer that says encrypt iPhone backup and you'll enter a password. Please, maybe even today, go and do this. Do you, don't you agree? Yes, and there, I'm not sure what your reason is going to be. I'm curious to hear it, but I, I have a good one also if it's different. Um, well, the, the nominal reason for encrypting your iPhone backup is so that all of your stuff will be secured in case somebody gets a copy of your backup and can do stuff. But the really, the, the reason you as the uh, listener, user, Apple fan want to do it is that when you restore your phone, everything will be, if it went well, everything will be identical. All of your passwords, all of your data. You will not have to go in and re-enter a million passwords in all your apps. It captures all of your information in situ down to stuff like what app you had open recently, it's crazy. It also, if you have uh, like activity data, if you're using the watch and you're, you know, it's tracking your daily activities, your exercise, your workouts, the stuff like that, that stuff is only going to be like the backup of the watch and that kind of data that's only saved permanently. It's apparently not synced to iCloud or it is in a different Mm-mm. way, but it's only going to be saved in that backup if it's encrypted. Did you, I mean, I, I read, um, I want to say Serenity or Renee, somebody at iMore wrote this up. Moving your Apple Watch to a new phone is not super well documented and far from obvious. Yep. You have to go in, you got to do the backup, you got to keep it running. I, I, don't, don't use this as instructions. We'll, we'll go find it and put the actual stuff in notes. But it's non-obvious that you have to basically first unpair it. This is so unintuitive. You have to, uh, one of the, the critical thing is you unpair it from the current watch and that's when it does a backup, right? Right. It does a encrypt backup to your phone. Right. Okay, so you're not, not done to yet. the phone. The <laughs> phone is the repository for the, for the data from the watch. Right, but it's not even officially there. Like, wait until the screen comes back up and you select a language. Like, wait that long because make sure it's on the watch and then or on the phone. And then guess what? Now do the encrypted backup of your phone. Far from obvious. And then you got to go through the whole repairing rain dance, like on a new device. After all, and obviously, then restore your phone to the new device. And only then do you begin repairing it. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's impossible for the kind of nerd who buys an Apple Watch, but I don't think. I don't think John Johnny Lunchbucket is going to find that incredibly intuitive right. as a way to make sure that you don't lose data. Did it, you? So did you do all that? No, I got it wrong and, uh, and lost some data. Well, I lost my activity data, which I didn't care that much about. So it was pretty much like you know how the watch is is sort of tracking how much you stand and walk and burn and calories. The fact is, I'm not trying to track that per se, and I don't. I, it's not like I have specific fitness goals that I'm you have trying to lose to, your awards and stuff, right? I, I lost my awards. I really, I, I lost them, and I'll have to earn them back again. I really don't care. But that, the fact that that was lost, and the fact that that wasn't preserved, and the fact that at no time in the process was I told that. I had to do it for that reason. Now, I had issues because in in the past, I'd always understood or learned that the correct way to 
do one of these backups or the the tried and true way was with iTunes, the backing it up to iTunes. You get your new phone, you plug it into iTunes and it copies it back down. And in my experience, that was the preferred way to do it. And that in, when I had done it from iCloud down onto the phone, that I always would have issues uh, or people would say you would have issues. So mm-hmm. I went and did the backup and, uh, and restored it from iTunes. And when the phone booted back up, it got in this strange loop. Of Did you get the uh, slide to unlock problem? No, I didn't. I don't know what. But it, that... it kept doing the white line restarting over and over. No, I didn't get that one either. Is that what happened to you? Oh yeah, I had that with <sighs> I had that with my daughter's iPad, and so I oh I saw your tweet about that. Oh my god! I'll, well, let's come back to that because that was a big bug they fixed. But go ahead. So, oh. but you so you were doing it locally, and you know it used to be that like. I've done iCloud backups to an iPad that felt like they took about an hour. Uh, and then I've had other ones that took two weeks. I, I've had backups restores that took two weeks. That's insane. If you do it through the cloud. Well, because it's got to it's bring, pull down every single app, yeah. you know? So anyway, you did yours. It's doing some kind of a weird loop. It was in a weird loop where it was asking for an iTunes password. And at the same time, underneath that dialogue <gasps> i got that you get a pop-up asking so you get your prime I, mean, I, I got the same thing though the screen that you're on like you're still in the like hey this is a new phone setup yeah it wants your primary in my case my primary icloud underneath and then i got a pop-up for the account that i use for media purchases right and and no matter what password i, I put yes in, it thank work. you yes i thought it was me and now of course I'm, I'm up to maybe six attempts with a known good password and of course, each attempt takes about a minute yep. <laughs> to type in, and because uh, I'm reading it off of one password, and <laughs> and each time it doesn't come up, I'm like, okay, keep it together, man. But I don't want to get to that, like, because you, you know, at this point, you're sticking your hands in the monster's mouth. I, I would not be surprised if my phone got erased if I, you know, because I have the thing set, yeah, more than ten attempts, that kind yep, of thing. Yep. So at this point, you're like, oh, put it down, put it down, walk away. And then, so, uh, did you do a hard restart? That's what I wound up having to do, a hard restart, <laughs> reconnecting to yeah. iTunes, doing the thing. And, and I'm, I'm, I have to be honest about something. I'm not even sure which method of restore was the one that wound up working because I wound up having to do it two or three different times, oh, starting totally. over and over again. And then one time I did it and none of the apps were there. And I thought, oh, they'll download from the cloud, but they never re- they never did. And I would reboot it and they never came down. And then I have, I have some that are still showing up. <sighs> so weird. The first, the first, uh, and we're like uh, computer guys, right? We're Mac oh, guys. Well, yeah. Well, here's what I did. Yeah. I had to go out and use the Google. And go out and find, oh, did you know you could remove the SC info because that's why your iTunes thing. And now all of a sudden your phone doesn't work with your iTunes anymore because it says you can't use this because you're not certified or authorized. I reauthorized. I did the whole rain dance out and in, out and in, and all taking a huge amount of time. Uh, then, so I threw out SC info, went through all that again, uh, go through that again, that again. Oh, did you know that if you have a corrupted sync, that that because usually it syncs before it backs up. Right. If you have a corrupted sync, you got to go down into the mobile devices thing. You got to go find that. You got to you know back that up and delete it. Start over. Right. So, so you know it's hard to know which one of these things helps it. But then so that's just to get me to where it's broken. That was all my pre work to get it to the, to the broken state. So now I have to. To- I've totally backed it up. I've totally checked this. Everything is fine. It's and then I still get this problem where it says it's not authorized. At some point, my wife bought. I had I had. Uh, almost, I had over 300 apps on my phone. At some point, my wife bought an app on my phone. I don't know what app it was. Right, but you need but you her know password it takes? to it install takes it. It takes exactly one app on your phone 
for it not to do a sync because I didn't have the credentials in iTunes back on the Mac. So dumb. So I asked her if it was okay. Yes, I entered in those credentials. I did that on the phone and uh, I finally got that to work. So anyway, flash forward. Hours later now, I got the phone. Yay, I'm happy. I've stalked the UPS guy. I've got it plugged in. Things are working, kind of. It's going pretty slow on restoring from this backup. Gets to step five of five and hangs there for two hours. All right, fine. I got to go be with the family. I come back. And at this point, I'm VPNing in to watch the progress. Long story short, on this one, I had to restart the sync. And each time I restarted or the, or the restore, each time I did that, more apps would go on. Right. It was like it was like the pipe got full. And I say, yeah, that's it. We're done. <laughs> it 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 failed ungracefully. It just it sits here like an old man stuck in a door frame. You just got to stop it and start over. And so, like you, Dan, I had to get to the state where it was broken. I had a few hours of work, and then once it was broken, I had tried so many different things. I don't. Even, I still don't know what might have worked and what didn't. I don't. I can't even tell you what was broken about a thing that took two days to do. And two I'll days. tell you what. Now, what were what were you using as a phone during this? Because when you have the new yeah, phone no. and turn it on like that deactivates the old one right well yes so i had a few hours where i didn't have a phone that worked uh, or where i did but i would have to be speaking into it while i carefully hold it so that the cord is still attached to the mac <laughs> ahoy hoy i'm like this mr burns style with my head against the screen i can't speak with you now i'm making my phone work as a phone again right yeah, so that there was that. But anyway, like everybody's had their own. This is like the Anna Karenina thing, right? Uh, I think it's fair to say that in a world where Apple wants you to be getting a new phone every year, my goodness, this process has got to be streamlined. Because <laughs> you're right. We are the- theoretically computer guys. I did all the right stuff. I did things in the right order. I went and read things. I spent not two days, but I spent like the full, a full part of one day and a bunch of the next. It was still finishing stuff up on Saturday. Um, I had to do all of that and I had done it right. I had the encrypted backup. Now, the thing with my daughter's iPad, oh my God, I almost, she almost killed me. I, so anyway, well, should, we should probably close the thread on that. But yeah. so that it sounds like it's not dissimilar from your mm-hmm. experience. I mean, it's- Jason Snell, I think, had a similar thing with some apps coming in a little at a time. I've never had this issue with an iPhone migration restore process before. And I mean, you know, like with my wife's phone, when my little one did throw it in the toilet and we were able to finally do a backup and put it on the new phone, I did it the old fashioned iTunes way. And it just worked, worked perfectly. I've never run into trouble with the, with this process before. And I'm puzzled about it, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. At least we came out the other end with, with a usable device, but like you, I mean, more and more people are going to do this. And, and where are the, where are the geeks are that doing this iTunes, just work? How many people are doing iTunes backup? Like, you know what I mean? How many people do you think are sitting down None. and like doing None. regular iTunes backups and thinking like, or think about being in a country where you've got pretty costly Wi-Fi or pretty costly, you know, wireless. Um, and imagine how trying to do an old, unupdated iCloud restore over expensive, like LTE or whatever. Can you imagine that? No way. So that eventually worked. Here's one I've still got. Over, my most, probably my most used app on my phone is Overcast. I still don't have Overcast as an accessible icon on my phone. I've scoured every page and every folder. I can get to it by searching for it, but there are some apps that still just haven't like shown up yet. That's that they're there somewhere. Yeah, totally crazy. So here's the one where I almost lost a daughter. Is that she's got an iPad two. 
that she uses mostly for her games and for listening to music and Harry Potter. And, uh, so I was so excited to hear, and like an idiot, I put iOS 8 on there. Oh, I don't know why, but you know, I have an excuse to do a backup and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I put everything on there and that was whatever a year ago. Dumb move. iOS 8 was not super strong on an iPad 2. <laughs> but then I heard, oh my God, the iOS 9 is going to be a great improvement. It'll run on everything back to an iPad 2, is meant to run on an iPad 2. Not the most stellar performance, but I was like, this is great. She's going to have a modern operating system. Won't have all the toys, but may, I bet it'll be more reliable than iOS 8, right? You, that's not dumb to think, is it? No. <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, it seems logical. It seems perfectly did, did, logical. Did the full encrypted backup, did all the stuff right, ran iOS 9, everything's going great. That, that, that is great. He restores my <laughs> iPad. It's, it's all just rolling along. That little white line is just, you know, chugging along. Restarts, little white lines chugging along. Everything's good. Boop, slide to unlock. Booyah! Daddy sinks a swishing three-pointer from the back court. Hmm. Oh, man. I'm sliding to unlock. <clears throat> sliding, I'm sliding super hard. I'm practically pounding sliding to unlock. Oh, guess what? Known issue. Sometimes, um, and this happened to Dan Morin too, I think. Uh, sometimes, for reasons we're not clear on, especially with, I think, an iPhone 4, but in some older devices, mm, it just seems that for some reason, slide to unlock, you get the stuck on the slide to unlock screen. You can still kind of seem to get to it from iTunes, but you will you cannot get your stuff. You will not use that iPad again. Oh, so just go do it and do a backup and do a restore. Okay, six hours later. I've done this numerous times. This was over like four days. My daughter kept coming oh to the opposite God. point. When can I have my iPad back? And I'm just trying to avoid, I want to be honest, but I'm trying to avoid telling her, there's a chance that like every game and the progress you've made in it is gone, daddy, gone at this point. So then finally, late last week or so, Apple releases 901. One of the four bullets is that it fixes the slide to unlock problem. So I did it. I applied it. It worked. And she did not lose her progress on Minion Rush. Oh. She was, I, when I, I told her, I was like, well, the good news is, I was like, I've, I've fixed your iPad. The bad news, maybe, I, have, I was like, I haven't opened Minion Rush yet. She's really high up. She's gone a very long way. She ugly cried when I told her that. She just fell down. She's like, this is the worst day of my oh life. Oh my God. And I hate you so much right now. Because, and you've heard, I've heard stories about this for years, about parents accidentally losing progress. And I'm sitting there like a dingus, holding her little pink backpack and going, well, I was trying to update the operating system to make it more... Okay, I lost your game. Uh, she was just sitting there sobbing. She looked like Laura Dern. She was losing it. She was completely, like, you know, like in, uh, in Blue Velvet, ugly yeah. crying on the sidewalk. But we brought her home. She popped it open. Bye, boy. All her progress is back. You are lucky. Boy, that was long. I'm sorry. No, we- it, it's fine. I, I just, I had a similar thing there was a problem with uh, Cash's uh, Infinity Blade 3 where he'd beat the game, but Whoa. then he was kind of going back and like, you know, he had acquired a lot of items and a lot of things and unlocked the things and whatever. And something happened, nothing to do with an update, nothing to do with me. Something happened. And I don't know if the game crashed or what, but when he went back, he somehow was forced to start a new profile 
in the game. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, oh, calm down. This is not a big deal. We just go and pick the other profile from the list. It's, it's don't worry. Don't worry about it because he wasn't crying, but he was like starting to, I think, you know, girls, uh, generally will tend to get upset and they show their emotions of frustration and sadness. My little one, at least through crying, he won't necessarily cry. He will start you know, getting angry and wanting yeah. to do the guy thing of like, I'll destroy everything in this room, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and, oh, don't worry about it. I'll fix that's nothing. And we get back and I pick the other profile and it sees it. It starts loading it crashes, go back, make a new profile. <gasps> Couldn't get oh back into the thing. Oh, oh, don't worry about it. Well, <laughs> I'm, a, D- I'm Dad's a, compu- a technologist. I, I know what to this. do. We'll restore I- it from a backup. Nope. I mean, couldn't make it work. Couldn't find anything online. He'll still come to me. This was six months ago. He'll still be like, so have you found any articles online that explain what to do in the situation? He still wants to get it back. Uh, I'm like, he wants know. to know what happened. He wants to know what happened and he wants it. <laughs> he wants it back. So, Oh my God, the poor kid. Yeah. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, you know, I don't want it on too much of a sour note, but, you know, I, I think it is, and you know, again, it's, uh, you know, this is a, this is a, <laughs> this is a happy time. Let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm quoting Monty Python. Anyway, uh, but I think, yes, there are things to work on, but I have to say, I mean, I, I actually, uh, annoyingly would, wouldn't mind returning to this at some point as we use it more. Cause I'm, I'm kind of astonished with how much more, um, how pow- powerful this system is at this point. Yeah. It's pretty great. And I'm going to, I'm going to use the heck out of some 3d touch and Siri. And I encourage you guys to do the same. If you don't have 3d touch, don't worry about it. Like you're not, you're not missing like the, it's not the most biggest thing in the world, but if you have a device that can run iOS nine and you have the ability to use Siri, I would say, it's you might want to start training yourself on that a little bit because there's so much stuff you can do with that Apple TV coming along. Like there's going to be so much. Like the the future is here. This is phase three, baby. <laughs> All right, should button this up. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man. 